Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner Khan. A lot of people that I work with are part of this quote unquote working or living dead. There's so many people who are living without purpose, living without intention, and who are not leaving a positive impact wherever they go. Today on episode 550 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm here with author, serial entrepreneur, and coach, Craig Chaffis Jr. I'm going to ask Craig how you can make a successful transition into entrepreneurship and gain control of your future. You can find out more about Craig along with all of our previous episodes at smashingtheplateau.com. Are you building your own business after a long career as an employed professional? Listen to our show, Going Solo, also found on our website, smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Craig Chavis Jr. Craig is an author and coach specializing in helping working professionals launch profitable businesses and successfully transition into full-time entrepreneurship. He is a serial entrepreneur, returned Peace Corps volunteer, former Division I collegiate athlete, and received his BSBA from Samford University and MBA from the University of Tampa. Craig is also a super foodie, world traveler, and lifelong learner. Craig, welcome to the show. Hey, David. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk to you today. I'm excited as well. So, Craig, you had an unexpected transition um, that really changed the direction of your life. What happened? So for me, growing up, uh, I moved around a lot, um, and that was due to my father's job. And so having to constantly move to different cities, uh, meet new people, adapt to new environments, little did I know how that would pave the way for what I would become today. And so one of the things that kept me really grounded in life through all those changes was athletics. And I, I was good enough to get a Division One football scholarship that took me from Ohio down to Birmingham, Alabama. And my sophomore year, I got the opportunity to start at kick returner. And that first game, I got that opportunity. I tore my hamstring and that really ended my football playing career. And so up until that point, I had only identified with athletics. I wasn't really there for academics. My whole dream was to go to the NFL. And I had some talent to go there. But once that was stripped away from me, I really led me into a spiral of depression. But it was my Spanish professor that intervened in my life and convinced me to study abroad in Costa Rica that ultimately provided me with the opportunity to learn a new language, meet people from a different culture, and also planted the seed for becoming an international businessman. Because at the time, I was studying international business and entrepreneurship. I had a minor in Spanish that I was about to complete, but none of that really made sense until I got out the country. And having that athletic dream stripped away from me allowed me to focus more on academics and also business. And once I got back from Costa Rica, I was really refreshed. And I started DJing to pay some of the bills because I didn't have a full athletic scholarship anymore. And so that was my first real taste of what entrepreneurship could be like. And I got hooked. And I used the money I made from that business to go to Spain for three months the following summer. And that really locked me on this path of international business. And after I got my MBA from the University of Tampa, I was interviewing in New York City and San Francisco at different tech companies. But I just didn't feel like 
I would be good in a box or in a cubicle. But um, before I flew back to Tampa after interviewing in Manhattan, I ran into a Peace Corps recruiter and she loved my background. She's like, you'd be perfect for this international business consultancy opportunity in Peru. And so I applied for that opportunity and that took me down to Latin America for 27 months. And I was living and breathing what an international economic development consultant could do. Uh, I did a lot of import exporting, uh, fair trade certification, did a lot of business coaching and consulting with small and medium sized businesses. But I also went down there with the idea that I too would start my own business. And I ultimately did after completing my Peace Corps service. But to answer your question and quickly is that losing my athletic identity and suffering that injury is what changed the trajectory of my life completely. Yeah. And Craig, I want to actually go back to when the injury first occurred, you mentioned that you were depressed. How long was it that you were feeling depressed and, um, and really how long did it take before you came to some kind of decision about how to deal with it? The injury occurred in September, and it was definitely a couple months of me not showing up to class, me just ignoring my my academic studies, and me just grappling with what was I going to do, because my like I said, my whole identity was wrapped up in my athletic playing career. And after you tore your hamstring, being an explosive athlete, that really ends what you can do. But the one class that kept me sane that I did show up to was was Spanish. I didn't really I didn't really enjoy my business classes. I was like, how can I learn entrepreneurship from professors that never started their own businesses before? But for me, there was something about foreign languages that I always gravitated to. And it was just natural for me to pick it up. And it's helped me to understand that like none of us are self-made in life. And without my professor, Mrs. Crocker, intervening and saying that you, I would be making the worst decision of my life by dropping out was one of the best things that could have ever happened to me. And so I'm just continually thankful for that individual for stopping in and seeing somebody who was going down a dark path and convincing me not to do what I had planned to do. Hmm. And so it was just awesome to have her in my life. And um do you have any idea what prompted her to really uh, take a, a deeper interest in, in you than other people in her kind of position did at the time? I honestly don't, honestly don't know, but she was somebody that I always had a good relationship with. I mean, after class, like unlike the other business school professors that I was running into, she took time to try to get to know me. And I was one of the few athletes that she dealt with because a lot of athletes weren't studying foreign languages. I, it was kind of rare to see somebody with a schedule like mine taking you know, those high-level language classes so early on. And so we just naturally bonded and had a relationship. And I'm just glad that she felt comfortable enough to persuade me to study abroad. And so I just think it was that relationship and that personal connection that she had. And she saw me hiding a lot of my feelings. I would say one thing, but then I would express something different. And I think she just picked up on that. She was kind of like a mother figure for me when I was away from home. Mm-hmm. And that's what really helped me out. And how long was it before the her mentorship started to turn things around for you? It was pretty instantaneous. I mean, um, the injury happened in September. And then I was on a plane to Costa Rica 
by December. And I was there for a couple months uh, during our January uh, winter study abroad. And it just, everything happened so fast. But that's what I needed. I needed to completely uproot myself from the environment that I was in. And it was just such a breath of fresh air having to reinvent myself. Because the interesting thing is that when I was studying abroad, they can't pronounce Craig in a lot of Spanish-speaking countries. So I had to go by my middle name, which is Martin or Martin. So I literally had to reinvent who I was. I had this whole new name, this whole new persona. And so I just realized who I really was. And this creative entrepreneur, somebody who could make something out of nothing, somebody who could connect with people from different backgrounds. And so it was just a breath of fresh air that really inspired me to go down this international entrepreneurship path that I'm on today. Mm. And Craig, how important do you think mentorship and change of environment are to being able to get through a really challenging, unexpected transition? I think it's essential. It's essential. One of my mentors to this day exposed me to this idea called the pie formula. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's spelled P-I-E, just like pie. And he's like, the P stands for performance, the I stands for image, and the E stands for exposure. And he's like, Craig, what do you think is the most important variable out of that pie formula? And me coming from my athletic background, I was like, well, obviously, duh, it's performance. The people who work the hardest get the furthest in life. And he's like, Craig, you're wrong. It's actually about exposure. And so I didn't get what he meant until I actually started studying abroad and traveling and reinventing myself and exposing myself to different cultures and different backgrounds. And so I realized from all of my travels and moving around the U.S. and other countries that there are hardworking people anywhere. And then also, I also learned that like there's people who have great images everywhere. There's very polished speakers, very intelligent, very charismatic individuals from all cultures, all walks of life. But what isn't the same is exposure. Not everybody's exposed to knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and access to opportunities. And so going back to my professor, what she did to me as a mentor is that she exposed me to a whole different way of thinking. She exposed me to studying abroad. She exposed me to a new culture and a new language. And so getting that exposure just opened up a floodgate of opportunity for me to consider a career that I'd never even dreamt of. And so I think uh mentors exposing their mentees to different ways of thinking, different opportunities, different people is invaluable and is much needed in this world. So now let, let's fast forward to today. What's the primary problem that you solve for your ideal clients? I feel that a lot of people that I work with are part of this quote unquote working or living dead. There's so many people who are living without purpose, living without intention, and who are not leaving a positive impact wherever they go. And so for me, taking that decision to study abroad, taking that decision to serve in the Peace Corps, taking that decision to launch a distillery in another country was just me taking the active decision to become the entrepreneur of my life. And so for me, I've realized that life is a business, that we are all our own businesses. We're our own brands. We have the ability to show up in the world and market ourselves and move from position to position. But what I found is that most people don't take that active onus to walk with purpose and to create a life that they don't want to have to run away from. 
And so for me, as this business and life coach and personal development coach, I just feel, especially now with what's going on in the world, that so many people are just walking without hope. They don't know where to go. They're just doing things to clock in and clock out and survive. And so for me, I'm about thriving and figuring out how to make something out of nothing. And so as a coach, it's my duty to inspire and show my clients how they too can become the entrepreneurs of their life and live with purpose and tension and leave a positive impact wherever they go. What stage are your clients in most typically when they come to you? They're at a crossroads. And so for me, I found that a lot of my clients, when they gravitate to me, they've arrived at a personal or professional crossroads within their life. Similar to what you faced. Exactly. I coach from experience and because I, I feel like that's the only way to really be a servant leader and to, and to walk and live by example. And so there's a lot of people who are working jobs that may have a side hustle or an idea that they're working on, but they just haven't gotten the confidence or they haven't gotten their business or side hustle to a point where that they can jump into it full time. And so for me, it's just helping people to build a business that works for them that allows them to comfortably transition from them working full time for somebody else to working full time for themselves. So that's bucket number one. And then bucket number two with the other clients that I work with, uh, I work with a lot of creatives here in the Columbus art scene. And so what I've realized is that every entrepreneur is a creative, but not every creative is an entrepreneur. And so you have a lot of people out here with skills and talents that they are monetizing, but in an inefficient and ineffective way. And so I bring a lot of business acumen to people who have those talents, but they don't know how to market themselves. They don't know how to negotiate prices. They don't know how to market themselves. So there's two main buckets, those creatives and then those working professionals that are transitioning into full-time entrepreneurship. Let's take the uh, working professionals that are transitioning into entrepreneurship. What's an example of um, a story of somebody you've worked with? So there was a guy who I actually did a podcast with, and his podcast was called Starts With a Vision. And he was uh, in the military. He was working in the, um, I think it was near the Atlanta National Guard. And he had this idea of transitioning his podcast, Starts With a Vision, into an eyewear company. And so what I did was I helped him launch a crowdfunding campaign, as I did to raise money from my distillery in Peru. And we got him five figures of seed capital to begin a production line with Chinese manufacturers. And so he did that and he grew his business from just this side hustle and this idea into a full-time enterprise where now he's based in Los Angeles now working with Greek suppliers and Suave Eyewear is one of the top inspirational eyewear companies in the world. And it might even be the first. And so that's an example of somebody who I helped to transition from the military world into being their own full-time entrepreneur. Wow. And what's a, a story of somebody in the second bucket, these creatives that may be really good at their creativity, but not so great at business? So here in Columbus, I'm on the board of an organization called Wild Goose Creative. 
And actually, when I moved back to Columbus, this is where I started doing some of my first business workshops. And so one of the sad things about artists is that they oftentimes get ripped off uh, when they put their work up in galleries. Sometimes galleries will take 60 to 70 percent of the list price and just give them the the leftovers, which could be anywhere from 15 to 20 percent after overheads taken out. And so for me, there's no exactly one individual client, but through my workshops, I've gotten feedback from dozens of artists who said that they've retained anywhere from 30 to 50% of the selling price of their art versus the 10 to 15 that they would initially get because people don't understand that like everything in life is negotiable. And until you know how to sell yourself and make sure that you get what you deserve, you don't know what you don't know. So I've worked with countless artists who've improved their margins at galleries just because they know how to negotiate and set a fair price for what they deserve. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty awesome. And going back to this, uh, the first group, these folks that are becoming entrepreneurs from um, a situation of employment, what would you say are some of the most common roadblocks that hold them back and keep them from really getting started? Well, number one is is the mental aspect. Um, I typically start off with mindset when it comes to my coaching because most people don't believe that they have it in them to become the entrepreneur of their life. And so it's that whole concept of the fear of failure. But as I wrote in my book, Burns of a Dream, is that fail is just the first attempt in learning. And that when you're trying something brand new for the first time, inevitably you're going to make mistakes. But it's really not about how far you fall. It's about how you rebound and get back up from that mistake that you made. And it's just that lack of comfort. It's like, okay, I'm used to getting this biweekly paycheck. I'm used to having all these benefits, but now I have to go out and literally make something out of nothing. And that uncomfortability in the in the people's minds is the number one roadblock. But after you break that down and I show people, that's why I wrote my book in the first place, when I give them a copy of my book and I show them how I was able to create something out of nothing, it becomes more of a tangible idea or a tangible concept that they themselves can do it as well. Because people are always wondering, like, can that really be me? But I tell people, if you don't know where to begin, self, and then ask the question, why not me? Like, what's preventing me from accomplishing my goals? And oftentimes, it's the person that you see in the mirror that's going to be your best friend or worst enemy. So that mindset is the number one obstacle I see these working professionals have when they're transitioning into full-time entrepreneurship. Yeah. Do you see any difference when, when that working professional has an unexpected transition, such as uh, job loss, that may give them a kick in the butt? Oh, of course. Of course. I mean, and that kick in the butt to me is one of the best things that could ever happen to people. And so that's why COVID has been such a blessing in disguise because so many people have been just put at this professional and personal crossroads in their lives. And when they've gotten furloughed or had their hours severely reduced or when they lost their job out of nowhere and they're they're forced in this 
scenario to become very creative and to try to figure out how to make ends meet, they're more open to this concept that, hmm, maybe depending upon somebody else to pay the bills might not be the best thing for me. And actually, in, in all actuality, me controlling my destiny, me controlling my own paycheck might be the best form of security there is. And so I think when people have their lives blown up, that presents the best opportunity for change. Well said. Craig, what's your dream for your own business? Where would you like it to go? So for me, prior to COVID, I was doing things very inefficiently and ineffectively. So once I committed to full-time business coaching last year, I was doing everything in person. And I was showing up the businesses, showing up the organizations, doing a lot of in-person workshops and facilitating. And so once COVID hit, I had to pivot and switch from having a lot of services to more products, but in a digital manner. And so for me, traveling around the world has gotten me hooked on that ability to not be committed to a physical location. And so now that I've transitioned my business to being mainly an online service and product, I'm able to work from anywhere. So for me, I'm just, I'm so thankful and happy that this whole COVID-19 happened. And so I'm literally building my dream business where I can pay myself to help other people, but do that from anywhere that has internet access. So I'm just looking to scale what I'm doing and to become a thought authority in this creative entrepreneurial world. And so I'm creating, launching a new YouTube channel over the next couple of months. I'm publishing a workbook to supplement my best-selling book, Burns of a Dream. And I have a lot more digital content coming out that I can use to connect with people from all over the world. And I'm just really excited for what's around the corner. Sounds great. Well, Craig, if um, anyone wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed today, get in touch with you or access any of your resources, where's the best place for them to go? The best place for them to go would be to my website, www.cre, the number eight, I-V-E, C-R-A-I-G.com. And that's creativecraig.com. Oh, great. And is there um, a special offer that you'd like to mention? Definitely. So anybody who goes to creativecraig.com and shoots me an email, letting them know that they listen to this podcast, I'd love to shoot you a copy of my book, Burdens of a Dream. So just reach out to me via email, letting me know that you listen to this podcast, and I'll send you a copy of the book. Um, sounds like a great offer. Craig, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau. My guest today has been author, serial entrepreneur, and coach, Craig Chavis Jr. Thank you again, Craig, for joining us. Thank you, David, so much. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mention on the show. Today, we learned how you can make a successful transition into entrepreneurship and gain control of your future. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them smash the plateau. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.